Good morning. Welcome to the Suns Planet Podcast, where three fans from around the globe bring together all of Suns Planet. Let's go. So I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. Sundress. And with me, you know, I was going to call him Mr. Fresh Cut Babyface, but it looks like the stubble is growing out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Sir Hamill, how are you doing this morning? Uh, it still looks terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, doing good. Thank you very much, Dunks. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. It's been a long week, but uh, this is our time to unwind, you know. So Definitely. Jake, at Fallen Founder, cannot be with us uh, today, but you know, we brought in some podcast royalty. This is a man who has more glasses than PJ Tucker has shoes. It's Espo. How are we doing, mate? Oh, I thought you had Dave King. I I heard a uh, a, a podcast <laughs> legend, what all that. I, I just assumed Dave King was here again, no? No, it's you this time, and I oh, think okay. uh, I think our viewers will be just as pleased. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Always enjoy talking sons, and uh, love that there's another uh, show in the family here that's uh, that's talking it. I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, there's a lot of comp. It's not competition. We got a family of sons podcast because we all love talking sons, and the more the better for the fans. Everybody gets uh, gets more Suns talk, and you can never have enough of it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I know I can never get enough. And so for the one or two fans out there who might not know who you are, like my parents are watching or something, why don't you tell us who you are, Espo? Uh, so I have been a Suns fan since uh, 1992. Uh, grew up here in the Valley. I wound up working for the team working for Arizona sports. Now I run uh, the content side at PHNX and I host the PHNX Suns with a very talented group of, uh, of people over there. So that's the uh, reader's digest version or the too long didn't read for the younger viewers. So <laughs> absolutely. And I put the link down there in the ticker, you know, I've been a diehard with PHNX since the beginning and I can't recommend it enough. If anyone lives in Phoenix, there's all kinds of takeovers and parties that you guys do that make it well worth it. But he, like me, even if you don't live in Phoenix, uh, come join the diehard Discord. That place is always <laughs> popping. You know, the Bread Vigilante crew is real. It's not a rumor. Shout out to Mark, Mike, Colin, Chuck, Psycho, and all my guys there in the Discord. You know, we're a family over there. And we're the best darn sons group chat there is. So come join us. I, I went to get a bagel this morning just so I could have some bread on the show. Uh, I could not find one in the fridge. Though, so. <laughs> oh, man, you're disappointing us already, Espo. 
I'm used to doing that for people, so don't worry. Well, as for the Suns, I don't think they've been disappointing anybody. They've been playing in the preseason so far, three games. You know, it looks like the starters, when healthy, have been the big three, big Nurkic and a Kogi. Do we think that's a set lineup, and what are we seeing so far from those guys, Espo? Yeah, uh, I have a feeling that this is the lineup that we're going to see to start where a change might eventually come is if Josh Akogi struggles uh, with that shooting at any point, they may consider looking at Jordan Goodwin. If he continues to impress in practice, maybe a Grayson Allen uh, gets an opportunity at some point, but I think Josh Akogi's earned that fifth spot uh, from everything I've heard, what he's done at camp, obviously what he's done in the preseason games we've seen. I think he's the starter for now. He'll be a guy that, Uh, is an integral part of Frank Vogel's defense, especially at the point of attack. And uh, and we'll see how it goes from there. I I think saying there's a a set lineup uh, for good here is probably not going to be the case, just because I think Frank Vogel will experiment at times this year. Uh, Just as a new coach here in Phoenix with some new pieces, you're going to want to try things just to see. But I think we'll see this lineup a lot. Yeah, see, that's um, that that's the beautiful thing, isn't it? You took the the words right out of my mouth there, Espo. The the lineup could potentially change game to game under the Vogel system. Uh, it's 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 going to be really interesting, man, because we have such so many different combinations that we could put on the court at various times. So I'm happy with this being the starting five, but yeah, definitely it is going to be a varying a varying lineup over the next, uh, what are we talking, eight months or so. It's go- it's going to be incredible. Yeah, you know, I think Akogi's fitting in well so far as the fifth starter. You know, Vogel's been talking about this guy every chance he gets. Last week we told the elevator story. Uh, he thinks he's tough, likes his game. But, you know, it might be a concern if Akogi starts to miss every single three-pointer he takes. But so far he's been driving to the rack and he's been creating havoc on defense and he's been – really fitting in well as that fifth starter, I think. Yeah, and I I think what will be interesting is how do you close a game, though, right? Do you, is that the group that you stay with? Uh, is that uh, – do you wind up going more offense? Does it just depend on what the game itself looks like? Uh, you know, they're, they're, as you guys said, there will be some ro- rotating here. Uh, and I even think in that final five you'll see – a lot of different variations depending on on game situation and we went from last year you know oh there's no depth here to this year where it's it almost feels like an overabundance where you're gonna have uh so many options it's gonna be very interesting to see how it goes yeah i think we're seeing that anyone can really fit around the big three uh you know they've when they've been out there, they've just been looking amazing. We have not seen the lack of a pure point guard be a problem at all. The ball's been zinging around. You know, Nurkic has been setting screens and getting those guys open. And we've just been seeing so many open shots out there. Yeah, I mean, it's the gravity of the big three. They they attract – I mean, even we saw it the other night, just uh, Booker and KD themselves uh, opened up so much. And with Nurkic's passing ability – Uh, It becomes fun to watch in ways that we haven't seen here. 
Nurk's passing in the uh, in the Lotus game was was incredible. That that bounce pass that he threw in, where they had a beautiful slow motion replay to it, to he's, he's in, incredible. He's his passing is just unexpected for um, all the bad words that were said around Nurk and yeah injuries and this and that, which yet to be determined. But he he's he's bringing some incredible skills and a hell of a lot of passion to this team at the moment. It's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I guess we'll get into that a little bit later, but please continue. Yeah, Nurkic is a guy who's been around. You know, his basketball IQ is off the charts. Um, you know, that's what we really wanted the former guy to develop. And in five years, you know, he just never did. You know, the athleticism, the skills were there, but he just didn't make the winning plays that we needed. And that's what Nurkic is going to do out there for us, and he has been so far. But, you know, it's weird to call him Nurkic. You know, I think we should let a little Bosnian band tell us what we should call him. So the Bosnian beast, there you go. That is, go ahead. That is a killer track. That is a killer track. I was just going to say, if he keeps passing like this, he's the Bosnian magic, and I'm just going to stick with that, you know? (laughs) Nice. Nice. But can I can I address a comment? I don't mean to step on where we're headed, but uh, we've got uh, a troll in the chat again. But yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm getting trolled uh, by uh, Rao asking Espo. Remember when you wanted Luca over eight, or when you wanted Luca over Aiton? You don't because you wanted Aiton, uh, and that's true. I did, and I own it, and I was wrong. And uh, you know that's the beauty of things. You can be wrong, but you can be man enough to admit it. And it was. A huge mistake, and DeAndre Ayton did not live up to his potential and his hype, and uh, and I own that. So, Still, at, le- hey, at least they didn't take Marvin Bagley uh, the third first. So I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> As Gavin from the Aussies say, uh, we if we had drafted Luca, Devin Booker would probably not be on this team anymore. Mm-hmm. So, Rao, take your pick, man. <laughs> It's it's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's the multiverse of madness. Who knows what would have happened if that had turned out. But, you know, I really like the way everything has turned out for sure. You know, I used to be a card-carrying eight and stand for sure. I've given all that up. I've renounced my membership. I'm all in on the Bosnian beast now for sure. Hell yeah, and, dude. You know, it's not just the starters that have been impressing in preseason. We've had a lot of different reserves come in and play minutes. Um, what have we seen from those guys, and who do you think might get cut, Espo? Yeah, I mean, Eric Gordon, he kind of got lost in basketball Siberia and Houston there for a while and showed a little bit uh, with the Clippers at the end of the year last year of what he's still capable of doing. But, man, that guy – has impressed his ability to pull up from anywhere on the court that up and under against Portland. I I mean, his, his scoring in that game too. uh, He's the kind of guy that I think could be in the six man conversation this year. And uh, is the kind of guy that could score nine, 12 points 
uh, late in a game on his own when uh, when the big three is getting bottled up and and shift a lot of games. So I've been unbelievably impressed with him. Chemezi met to a guy that uh, was a question mark coming in. We had heard, you know, all the talent in the world, but hasn't been able to put it together even when he had opportunity uh, in Sacramento. But he's impressed. I'm I'm just it, obviously Grayson Allen. Uh, in the games that he's played has also, uh, I think, surprised some Suns fans. We had a lot of uh, never, never Allen guys, and all of a sudden, you know, a game, game and a half in, they're like, you know what, this Grayson Allen guy isn't as bad as I thought. Hey, you know, and shout out Justin. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm very happy with, with the depth, and we haven't even seen Jordan Goodwin and what he can. I can do outside of uh, you know some brief minutes against Portland. So there's, uh, and that's not even to mention you. There's just so many guys that you look at on this bench, and you go, oh, you got a pretty good value there. KBD is the only guy that you haven't at this point had a, had that moment where you go, all right, I get it. So uh, I've been impressed. The um, especially the Portland game, Eric Gordon. What what can't he do? He, he, he was doing it all. He was doing it all, and he's enjoying himself. He's playing hard. He does seem like he's been rejuvenated a little bit by coming to this team. Like you said, he was kind of in you know, limbo there in purgatory in Houston. But the, the Portland game was an, a very good example. It, it was a showcase. Of our of our bench, a showcase of our depth, showcase for a lot of these blokes that you wouldn't have seen. Um, in terms of people being cut, we may have to look at Wainwright being being cut, but possibly cut and re-signed under a two-way or something like that. Uh, Jordan Goodwin was incredible in those limited minutes that he had, but everyone was. Like you said, KBD didn't hasn't had a great start, but could be nerves, could be anything. It, we're only still in the preseason. But I, I, the one that really got me a little bit excited the other day, you could see how nervous they were when they first come on the on the court. And I hope I get this right. But as a Buki, he is a big, big body, athleticism, very strong, very strong. But once those nerves dropped off and he started to get the flow and started to feel it a little bit more, you know, he, he might not be half bad. He's not He's not going to be Hakeem or Shaq or anything like that, but it's a, it's a different kind of big man at the moment. It's it's not your, your Holgrams and your, your Wembys and things like that in terms of body type. So it's very interesting, and it was, it was good to see the depth being showcased like that. It was kind of, hey, guys, look out. This is what we got. And you better work it out quick or else we're taking it, taking it all and running home with it. <laughs> In terms of the, the who's going to get cut, I think we're at a point where Keon Johnson's obviously, uh, I, I feel bad for the kid because I think even he knows this isn't going to last. I think Bull Bull might actually be the guy that gets cut. I, 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 
feel like they really like Ish Wainwright. They like what he brings to the locker room. We saw in that Dallas game last year, he doesn't shy away from a big moment, even if he has to has to play. So, and I just I've been underwhelmed. I mean, we heard we heard all the hype. I know the bowler coaster. He's supposed to be up and down, but I, he's the one piece I look at and I go, eh, I don't know. And and Damian Lee, as much as I hate to say it, could get cut just simply because of the injury uh, and not wanting to carry a guy that you don't know how long it's going to take him to get back from the meniscus injury. So, yeah, I think you've really hit on the four candidates, you know, and my opinion keeps changing on which two it should be. We've got ish. He's been injured. He has not been able to show what he can do. He's on a non-guaranteed contract. Uh, we've got Keon Johnson. He hasn't really shown so much yet. We'll see in the last couple of games if he gets to show a little bit more. Damian Lee, another one of the nicest guys on the team along with Ish. He's also been injured, but he's also one of the best shooters. Would they cut him? I don't know. And then Bull Bull, you know, he's got that body of Wimby and these other guys, but I don't know about that guy, man. I, I don't think he's really an NBA player. Uh, what do you guys think about Bull? It may come down to the point of are we willing to let him take up a roster spot? Might not be so much about whether he's a good fit, whether he's production, but is he the best that we can fill that spot with? And the the sad fact about that is probably not. We and, probably uh, could do better. Yeah, and Howard in the chat says, I would try to sign Bull Bull to that third two-way. I'm not sure whether we can do that or not. They keep changing the rules on the two-way contracts on how much experience you have to have uh, to be a two-way. So I'm not sure if he fits that or not. I'm pretty sure Ish does. I don't know if you know the answer to that, Espo. Yeah, I I don't know the specifics because, as you said, they've changed that. Obviously, there's three spots there now. I I just I don't see if you're all in if this is championship or bust, which I think we all agree it is over the next two years. I, I don't see how Bull Bull fits in that because he's a guy that that needs playing time to develop. Well, you're not going to get get that outside of blowouts. And do you really want to spend that time as the Bull Bull experiment? Or do you want a guy like Ish Wainwright that we know is good in the locker room? I, there's all sorts of of questions with this, but I'm just starting to question whether he is the is the right fit. I can see why you know a team in a situation like Orlando was rebuilding gives this guy an opportunity. Raw talent shows, but that's just not where the Suns are. And I really think they wanted to look, wanted to see. Is this kid, you know, have the potential for the future? But without a G League team, without uh, opportunities for him, I'm starting to lean towards he's the guy that winds up being the odd man out. It definitely would not be surprising. You know, the other guy that's not going to get cut, but he's been a disappointment so far, is Keita Bates-Diop. A lot of us thought he was going to be the fifth starter. Now it's looking like he's barely clinging on to a rotation spot. Uh, you know, I think he just has been trying to do a little too much out there at times. He's not really the offensive player. 
and he tries to take it off the dribble a little bit too much, I think. And he just needs to fit in a little bit more to what we're doing. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I I wonder if some of it's just coming from Pop's system and trying to adjust to something new, too, because the, the Spurs run a tight ship. They run very specific things, uh, and maybe it's some of that. Maybe it's some trying to impress too much. He's a guy that if he stays within his game, plays defense, you know, spots up from the corner, uh, it can be very valuable. And I just wonder if he's, hey, I'm I'm the new guy. I'm trying to prove myself. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm sure he heard everybody talking about being a fifth starter there. And maybe he's just pressing too much. We'll see him at some point this year. I'm sure he'll have his moment, whether it's due to injury or because somebody else struggles and Vogel gives him a look, but through uh, through the preseason so far, it's not the guy everybody expected when, when he heard that they signed him this offseason. Yeah, the guy that I think actually could push a Kogi for that fifth starter is Grayson Allen. As you mentioned, he's been playing really well. Uh, we didn't see him in the one game. He's really shown an off-the-dribble game. You know, I thought he was just a shooter, but uh, he's really been taking off the dribble and showing everything. And uh, as, as you said earlier, he's a lot more likable than a lot of us thought. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering if we should have even created this drop now. And you'd be scary. Oh, oh, I know what you're asking me. Can I be scary? What do you think of this? <laughs> you know, he can be scary at times. I hope he is to the opposition. But for us Suns fans, you know, we love him so far. He's been great. Well, I, I, even the passing caught me off guard the other day. Seven assists. Uh, he's he's a guy, if, if you were a little better on the defensive end, I'd say, yeah, he's definitely going to wind up uh, potentially taking that starting spot. I think the, the defense is where it'll hurt him. I think he's, he alongside... Eric Gordon in that second unit makes them extremely scary because you know one of the big three will be playing with that group too. And I think he'll fit that role very well. You basically got two six men uh, on your bench right now with Gordon and Allen. Yeah, I don't think any other team has that, you know, and they're sitting there talking about the Suns are not deep. What do you mean we're not deep? It's it's incredible the, the people we have. It, Every time another name gets brought up, I just I forget that they play for us. We've got so much talent at the moment. But Grayson Allen's one of them guys, like his reputation did precede him. And whether you um if if you're not extremely over the familiar with his game before he came to Phoenix, it's been a very pleasant surprise. It's been very pleasant. He hasn't headbutted anyone, he hasn't drop kicked any babies or anything like that. Not yet. Um, not yet. You're still sitting there waiting. <laughs> it just yeah, hasn't but, happened. But he's our asshole now, and that makes it all right. Exactly right. right. <laughs> exactly right. So, similar to when we signed Chris Paul. It's like, God damn, that bloke's annoying. And then, oh, yeah, he's annoying, but he's our annoying now, so it's your problem. All right. Well, let's go to a little room where we try to keep out all the assholes. What's the name of that there nightclub of yours again? You talking about the boom boom room? Yeah, the boom boom room. That's it. Funky. Yeah. Funky. 
You know, Booker's always hanging out in the boom boom room. Everyone's trying to get in. Emma, were you about to say something? Get in. How long's Drake been in there for? (laughs) All right. Was that Guy Fieri in there? It is. Guy Fieri's in there too. Oh, yeah. Big Suns fan. And Luca's mom, Jake Letterman. I. I'm all right with that as long as Luca's not there, but his mom is. She was suing him last year, so she might be looking for a new team to root for. Absolutely. Well, I hope that Suns are that team. But, uh, you know, everyone comes into the boom boom room trying to get a look at Devin Booker and see what type of guy this guy is off the court. But, you know, Espo used to work for the Suns. He's interacted with Devin Booker. Can you share with us anything about how he is off the court? Well, look, I can tell you he's a hell of a 2K player because his rookie year in, uh, and I know I'm not breaking news, everybody's seen it, uh, but I got a firsthand look at it his rookie year. We played uh, at the hotel and training camp for a video for sons.com, and in the first half he beat me 60 to 17. So I don't know if that's more of a... uh, an indication of how shitty I am at uh, video games. Uh, But yeah, but he, I don't think a lot because he doesn't show it a lot uh, externally, but he is a genuine good, good guy. Uh, He, I'll never forget my final game. I'm standing in the, in the tunnel to get some video for social, the team coming out. And as, or actually photos. Unfortunately, it wasn't video because as he comes running out, he's going Espo's last game, Espo's last game before he runs out on the court. And, and now I'm like, Holy crap. The greatest son of all time was, uh, was screwing with me as he, as he ran out on there. But I, I think that kind of speaks to it. I, the first time I met him, we were up in the old gorillas greenhouse and there's basketball hoops and, uh, you know, little seven foot, eight foot hoops and we're waiting for a photo shoot. And he and I just start, you know, throwing lobs to each other, goofing around, joking around. And, you know, as, as he's become a bigger star, we've seen this very just methodical guy, but he, he does have that fun side, but he also at 18, when he walked in there was one of the most mature, most locked in people I'd ever seen working for the team so it doesn't surprise me the the methodical guy he's become the the guy that is so good on the court with that attitude but he's also a genuinely good guy off of it and i don't think enough people see that or know that part of him that that speaks volumes doesn't it someone taking their the 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 time and the the care to realize not only to acknowledge that you know you, you're doing your job at the time like to even to acknowledge you in person you know there's people out there with egos and things like that man and to actually remember and have that at the forefront of his mind as he's going out to do his job man that that does speak volumes that really does that's an awesome story yeah i, I look and i mean i I'm not sure he'd remember me today necessarily, but I went back a couple years after I had left the team uh, and I had a pass and I was, I was standing courtside as he 
ran off the court from his from his warm-ups and he was like hey aspo gives me a fist bump i mean this is a point where he had already dropped 70 it was a guy that uh, uh that was established now and he still took that time and uh, you know so to me i've always been impressed with him uh did i think he would become uh, you know the greatest son of all time no i thought he was going to be a guy that was uh was very good was was gonna have a major impact but it's been unbelievable to watch how he's grown uh you know the fact that all these all these stars have such a great respect for him i i think in part it's because of the guy he is off the court they love his game but i think he's been uh, is such a good guy on that too i'll never forget i i went with him to toronto for his first all-star weekend, that rookie year when he was in the three-point contest. He lost in the final, uh, and afterwards, he looked – I was I was doing stuff for sons.com, and he looks at me and, and says, I feel horrible that I didn't bring this home for Suns fans, and I promise you guys the next time I get an opportunity, I'm going to win this for you. Uh, and it wasn't the, the speak, oh, I'm just going to hype up the fan. It was genuine. You could tell he felt bad that he hadn't won that uh, for this group of people. And uh, that was kind of, for me, the first glimpse of how dedicated he was to Phoenix because he felt how much, even uh, even in that rookie year, even though Hornacek hadn't given him a lot of time, that this fan base truly embraced him. So. Such a great you're, guy. You're a little bit too humble there, Espo. I'm sure that Booker is quite aware of what you guys do over there at PH and X, and I'm I'm sure he would uh, would remember you, man. I, Absolutely. Yeah, you, Look, you're man, way too I, humble. I am I am a nobody in the grand scheme of things. I'm just no, another another fan no. that has been lucky enough to sit his ass behind a mic and and bloviate for uh, for a handful of years, and uh, you know I I appreciate. Uh, the kindness there, though. No, it's, that's that's truth, brother. That's truth. And you know, as Hunchstar05, our man Josh says in the chat, Booker is the personification of cool in every aspect. And I couldn't agree more, you know, with the style, all the classic cars and everything. We really need a documentary on this guy someday, a 30 for 30 or something. Oh, yeah. hell yes. I don't oh, yeah. think and, I don't think that'll come until after his playing days, though, because he seems very I'm all business right now, and and I respect rings, that. five rings. <laughs> but you know, another yeah, guy that go, is man. another guy that is cool in every aspect is Matt Ishbia. Haven't really talked about him on the show yet, but this guy has come in like a whirling dervish. He's made all kinds of moves. Espo, do you think these are good moves? What do you think of this guy so far? hell if he wins a ring this year you can already call him the best owner and that's no disrespect to jerry colangelo and obviously it's in part the ptsd that we have from the previous guy but i uh, look he's coming he said from word one i'm just a steward of this franchise i want to win and i want to make it the best overall not just on the court i want to make this the best franchise for everybody involved and uh, honestly when I heard it, I was like, okay, I, I'll take you at face value, but I need to see it. I need you to prove it. Uh, 24 hours later, he trades for Kevin Durant. You go, all right, you're proving it on that front. I, you know, the, obviously, the, the, the move to get Bradley Beal, what they've done with this bench. 
But to me, the biggest thing is the way I've seen him treat people and employees. The first thing he said to all of us is, if you have a question, if you need anything, you reach out directly to me and gave a, gave you know, the reporters his cell phone, his email, said that. His brother, Justin, has been unbelievable with me as well. I don't want to forget him. He's the, uh, the second largest stakeholder in the team as well. Uh, you see, you've seen on Twitter fans who have emailed Matt Ishbia and they get responses uh, from him directly. Uh, but then you look at what he said uh, the other day and the investment that they're making in the new employee campus that includes the WNBA facility, one of the only in the league. He's investing another, you know, 100, 200 million into that project south of the arena which could help rejuvenate that area a little bit in the city too, but he's taking care of these employees. And as somebody who sat in that building, as somebody who was told point blank, you are nothing but a number on a spreadsheet at one point in there, this is taking care of people. And look, it could, it, I, I'll admit, it could, it could all be a front because he's new and he wants to make it look like that. I don't think so. Everything I've seen from this guy, it seems like the real deal. It seems like he truly cares and he wants to make this franchise and restore this franchise to how uh, how it was viewed, you know, two decades ago. And for for the first, you know, 30 years of the franchise, he just wants to add the ring to that mix and has been willing to do whatever it takes. And, and that's without even mentioning my favorite part of what he's doing. The ring of honor is coming back. And it, it sounds like in an even cooler way than it used to be there. Uh, and that that's a, again, listening to the fans, giving them exactly what they've been asking for a small subsection of us. I'm not going to say every fan has been, uh, been clamoring for some banners in the rafters, uh, for the, for the alum. But th that to me also says this guy isn't tone deaf. He wants to give people, uh, what, what's important to them. He wants them proud of this franchise again. He's, he's a true fans owner everything he's done since coming in through, um, you know, obviously Australian don't get to witness it firsthand, but everything he's doing with the, uh, with the, the, the free broadcast to Arizona um, residents and things like that. And the, the things with the antennas and that, that I'm hearing about and reading about, he's, he's just a, a true fans owner. He's everything he has done has ticked every box Everything he's done has been, as our main man Hunstar is saying, there he's a godsend. What more do you? What more could you ask for? Really, it's it's unreal, man. It's still blows me out. Still, still imagining to wake up since uh, I won't get the date right, but I was I was actually on holidays when they um, traded for Kevin Durant. And I was in the middle of paradise, absolutely was, and I was just heartbroken and elated at the same time. And I was still expecting to wake up from that. I still think it's this has all been a dream. Well, now paradise is on your Harley, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ishbia, as you say, he's a people person. He really seems to be able to rally the troops. You know, Bartlestein and Jones, they've all been talking about how they're a unit. They agree on everything. 
They all thought the trade for Nurkic and Allen was a good idea. You know, and Bartlestein, he said that it was Ispia's idea. Let's blow through the second apron. You know, he came up with that. It seems like a lot of owners and other people are not even thinking about it. And Ispia had a plan. He executed it right down to the wire. And so far, it's worked really, really well. Yeah, and I mean, was that not sorry, Esper? Was that not hilarious the other day watching the Detroit game with the the little um, sponsorship logo on the Pistons jersey from the Ishbia owned company? I just that, that was a little bit meta. That was that was interesting. But yeah, sorry to cut you off, Esper. I, I feel uh, I feel like that is like you know taking care of the little brother. You know, hey Detroit, we know you're way down at the bottom. We'll throw you a few shekels so maybe you can get better. You know, it's it's supporting the the lesser in the NBA. I like it. I'm actually surprised the league, uh, you know, the league hasn't said anything about. It. It's a little weird that it's the owner of one team is paying another. But then I was thinking about it. Uh, you know, Rocket Mortgage, uh, which is a competing obviously company to UWM and is owned by. Uh, the Cavs owner Dan Gilbert. I guess they spend a lot in the league too. So maybe, maybe we won't see a change in that. But it was, uh, it, it was pretty funny uh, to watch that. But yeah, this guy is is a people's owner. I, I, I'm, I'm not as skeptical as I was when he walked in. Uh, Josh Bartlestein too. I'm just gonna say this, dude's 32 has come in and. I think reinvigorated the 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 business side. I've heard nothing but good things about that guy so far, too, which is you know coming a long way from the guy that sat in that seat in that office uh, prior uh, to him. So uh, I'm excited about the future of this franchise on all on all fronts. That uh, to hell with the second apron. We're ready to cook with or without uh, an apron. I hear and uh, look if he's willing to spend the money. Who the hell cares what the tax is, right? I mean, that's uh, as he what, said. What I, apron? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as he said from word one, you spend money to make money, and I'm not here to worry about the bottom line. I'm here to worry about do we win and do we treat this uh, this this fan base right? He's checking both those boxes, and yeah, they'll make money. Go look at Golden State. Golden State owners aren't crying poor. They're making their money, even paying those that luxury tax. So, hey man, it's worth it. It's all about the rings, and you know, for the immediate future, we've got two preseason games left against the Blazers again, and against our hated Lakers, and then we finally get into the regular season. So, Espo, what are you looking forward to coming up? Are there any unresolved questions right now? Uh, I got I want to see Jordan Goodwin. I want to see a heavy dose of Jordan Goodwin in these next two games. Show me mm -hmm. what you got. Uh, prove that. I want to see Chemezi Metu continue to do what he's doing. Uh, you know, because he has. If he does, he's played himself into a rotation spot, and I look forward to that. I also. I don't. I don't think I need to see much of the big three. I probably don't need to see much of Nurkic. Either at, at this point, you know, maybe maybe throw him out for five minutes in that in that Portland game at, at home. Although I've heard, I think they're going to rest the big three again uh, in the home game. 
So maybe we see him for a few minutes in that Palm Springs game against against the Lakers. But look, we know what they are. They've shown chemistry. I don't need to see them go out there uh, in in meaningless basketball. At least meaningless for them, not meaningless for these guys fighting for rotation spots. And uh, yeah, I, I need to see that. And I just I just need to see Jordan Goodwin, uh, you know, KBD, Metu, uh, Metu. Uh, go out there and play. I don't need to see anything else at this point. As someone that's been close to the the Suns, Espo, I, I found that strange that they were resting all three. In, I mean, I know it's preseason, but they were resting, you know, some of the main stars in that preseason game. Are they are they holding off until like the the first home opener to have the the showcase out there, or is that just looking too much into it? I think it's looking too much into it. I, I had that thought initially, but then you kind of look at that schedule and they play the Detroit game, and obviously you're going to want to play the big three in the first game, try to see what you have. They're, they're chomping at the bit. They weren't going to sit out the first game of preseason. And that next day you practice in Detroit at the UW – or in, in uh, Michigan at the UWM facility, and obviously they're going to practice there because – you know, it's it's Matt Ishby's company. You're not going to be like, yeah. yeah, we're going to sit out, screw all these employees. So then that you fly back and you play the next day. Well, of course, you're not going to play in that game. And so I think it just kind of became uh, a, a, a we're going every other and it didn't have anything to do with is it home? Is it road? It was just how do we how do we strategically rest these guys? Because they're still going hard at practice. We can't forget that they're still installing new things defensively and offensively in practice and they're expending a lot of their energy there and trying to learn this so i think it was just simply a strategic timing thing and it happened to just fall in that way and i don't think it has anything to do with not wanting them to to play at home because everything we've seen is this franchise is all about the fans right now and i don't think they do that outside of anything strategically for their their health and to and to keep them healthy. Yeah, it's me having a tinfoil hat moment right there. <laughs> uh, you're honoring Espo there with that one. <laughs> but one we've got favorite. we've got Darth Voida in the chat, of course, of Sun's Jam Session. He's asking who gets cut: Ish Ball, Keon Nasir, or Damian choose two. Now, personally. I would not put Nasir on that list. Um, if it wasn't for his contract, I would, because he has not been good. I don't think he's in the rotation, but he's making something like 7 or $8 million, and he's one of the only two tradable contracts along with Grayson Allen. You know, we can extend uh, Grayson Allen up until the season starts. I think they should strongly look at that uh, if they don't. Oh, you'd be silly not to. Yeah, then they'll have to deal with it at the end in the offseason. But uh he's been great. But you know, Nas here, I think we need to keep his contract around. Uh I think they're intrigued. I think they're still intrigued by him too. Yeah. Personally, you know, I keep changing my mind, but I, I think we need shooters, you know, and so I would cut Bull and Keon. You know, you, you like the athleticism and the talent of both, but I don't think Either one of them are, you know, ready to win that championship now. And 
you know, Howard says the same thing, Bull Bull and Keon. You guys think anything different? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning that way. Also, I'd cut uh, Darth Void as fantasy football skills. Oh, uh, yeah. just take that. <laughs> oh, uh, the, wow. the, the whole thing, man. We knew he was going to have that Taco Fall kind of <laughs> fandom, you know, and I'm already on that train. He came out the other day. I'm sitting here just watching him going, yeah, let's, yeah, sprinkles. Let's go. A little bit of sprinkles. But, yeah, I mean, we, we've made too much sense talking about reasons why he should be cut. And then they're nothing personal, and it's nothing about his game. It's just like, I don't think he needs that spot. So I think I think it's pretty unanimous bowl and key on at this stage of the the ones that are looking like they're going to be cut. Yeah, the wild card is Damian Lee's injury. You know, if he's going to be out for a really extended period of time, they might cut him, and th- that would just be horrible. And he's such an experienced guy, a nice guy, and a great shooter. I really hope that doesn't happen. Same. Yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, I'm just so glad the season's finally here. Let's get to it. You know, this is probably going to be – one of the greatest years in our history. We've got the most talent we've ever had. So, Espo, do you have any final thoughts? And just tell us where we can find you. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a fascinating regular season, but I, I think we're all going to feel that, you know, can we get to the playoffs about about January? Because we're going to see this offense hum. We're going to see how good Vogel's defense can be and we'll get that that antsiness like okay we've seen the regular season thing we don't need another 64 65 wins Uh, you know if it happens great but that can't be anything that that you're too worried about it's can you get those 16 from april to june and this team is deep enough they've answered those questions Obviously, the big three with Nurk has, is now very, very intriguing. But as everybody said, it's come down to health. If they stay healthy and healthy at the right time, like I don't need 82 games from each of these guys, but healthy at the right time, especially when those playoffs roll around, this team is more dangerous than I think a majority of the league. I think. Did the Nuggets better keep Larry nice and warm during that winter in Denver because he's going to have a warm summer here in Phoenix if uh, if these things fall right. And I look around, and it really feels like this may be a collision course with a repeat of the 2021 finals with Milwaukee if things can click between Dame and Giannis. And I'm in. Let's see it. Give me Ooh, them. Give me Boston. Please. I, you know, I, I let, let's, let's see it. Miami, I, I'm excited. It I'm off. excited to watch any of the matchups in the West, but uh, I'm ready. I think this is finally, finally our time in Phoenix. Oh yeah, man. The Phoenix Suns are here and you got to do it for Void a one time, Espo. Do, oh, do what Void is asking. What Void is asking. <laughs> it, look. The Phoenix Suns are the one who knocks. All right, that's we're oh, yeah. we're here, and we're gonna take care. We're Heisenberging this shit this year. All right. 
Oh, we, we're going to be incredible this year, guys. It's it's um, it's a it's a brilliant time to be a Suns fan. It's incredible. It's exciting. It's uh, uncharted territory before. Every everything's good. Everything's great. Everything's looking up. What one hell of a season coming up? Absolutely. And thanks again, Espo, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, everyone needs to go check him out on PHNX Suns. And, you know, this is something I truly believe. And this is my little tribute to Espo. The Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Appreciate and it. Thank, win, anytime win, you guys win, want win, me. Win. Absolutely. <laughs> no, thank, thank you. you man. Very, thank you very much, Espo. I love the show. Love what you guys do over there. Yeah, you, you, I, I, I love being able to live vicarious, vicariously through people like yourself who are living the dream in terms of being a fan and being able to to do, um, what everyone in our circle aspires to do. And you guys do an amazing job. You're a, a um, very credible journalist in your own right, as in everyone over there at PHNX. So, Every thank you very month. much for for gracing us with your. Uh, with your presence as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Look, I, I appreciate it. And if it weren't for uh, this dedicated fan base and how much we love this team, uh, I wouldn't have the opportunities that, that I've been afforded. So, you know, I appreciate each and every one of you, uh, you and, and Darth and, and, and all the guys in this space as well. And any, seriously, anytime uh, you want me, call me up. And as long as my daughter doesn't have something at, Eight in the morning, Phoenix time. I'm here for you. So, thank you very much, Espo. Yeah, well, we we might do some additional times in the future as well, but for now, we are a weekly podcast every Saturday morning at eight a.m. Phoenix time. Uh, that may change in a few weeks since you guys don't follow daylight savings time. <laughs> but uh, come check us out on Twitter at Suns Planet Pod. Uh, the word podcast was too long for Elon over there. But uh, we do live stream to YouTube and Facebook each week. Uh, if you the, come the on name the YouTube, Twitter was too long for Elon. There you go, exactly. Uh, of course, you can chat on the YouTube. We also upload to Spotify video and everywhere you get podcasts. Uh, but with that, Al, take us home. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the suns get set to shine here on their home court. Here's Perry. The guard heard. Here's the jump shot. Good. It's good. Al McCoy with you courtside. Comes up a three. Tuesday. He ties it. A-D-A. Al and Tim up here. Oh, happy birthday. Right. Yeah. I know it's the wall, but happy birthday, baby. Here's Cameron Payne out on top. Durant, three-pointer straight away. Tuesday. I just want to take this opportunity to thank everyone in this arena this afternoon, to all of those that are watching and listening on radio and TV. A thank you for allowing me to tell the story of the Suns for 51 great years. That pretty much wraps things up here. And uh, for one last time, this is Al McCoy saying thanks for being there. Thanks for being with us tonight. And from the Footprint Center here in downtown Phoenix, we'll just say so long for now.